Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Matt. And this week, it's just the two of us. But more importantly, I'm just really glad we had a football game that we could be bored by because uh, I was a little worried about this one. Yeah, had a potential to be the overused word here, trap game for La Tech early on in the season, but uh, managed to come out of here and beat them down. Yeah, really by the end of it. Uh, Tech's final score there is 66-38 to 38 victory over the Houston Baptist Huskies. And really early on, I was my concern kind of lingered throughout most of that first quarter. Uh, Tech scored first, and I'm not going to go through every drive like we did for Southern Miss because, boy, howdy, there were a lot of them. Give a shout-out to our young kicker, uh, Barnes, for a, I think it was a 51-yard field goal as the opening score. Yeah. Uh, I didn't manage to see it. Um, I got home a little late, but heard about it on the broadcast, and yeah, that's awesome. I think that they say he hasn't missed a uh, field goal yet, which I wish I really hadn't said that out loud. Yeah, I've been knocking on wood every time, and uh, I have to add a sound effect there too. Yeah, but yeah, after that, I mean, Houston Baptist gets on the board with a touchdown right afterwards. They go up seven three, and then even a couple drives later, they're on top again, fourteen to ten. And it's every drive a team scores, and you know that's not going to continue into forever. It won't. It, it won't be the fourth quarter with every drive ending in a touchdown or a field goal. But that early on, it was like, hey, okay, go away, please. Like, come on, defense, do something. Come on, yeah, use the it was like, stop. It was looking pretty sad there at the beginning, and I was starting to get that vibe that it was going to turn into the Texas Tech-Houston Baptist game from last week where Texas Tech barely escaped. But although the end of the first quarter, it was a three-point game, uh, it really exploded in Tech's favor in that second quarter. Yeah, Tech added three touchdowns. And that second quarter, two passes by Luke Anthony to Isaiah Graham for 15 yards for both of them, I guess, is what the stats here say. They look like very similar plays if they're the two I'm thinking of. And then yeah. also Justin Henderson run. Yeah, just beat him up in the second quarter. Uh, Houston Baptist only gets out of the second quarter with three points. I think the turning point of the game for me uh, that led to the blowout was that interception that Tech got um, clo- um, there, I think, early on in the second quarter. Um, is kind of where the tide started to turn. Yeah, B.J. Williamson with just about a pick six. Yes. Like, there's there's so much little three yards away from a pick six. Yeah, barely stepped out of bounds, didn't end up getting the touchdown. But not long after that, I think that we, uh, I think we punched it in on the Henderson run where uh, the Houston Baptist defender tackled Henderson well into the end zone, which I yeah, thought was I kind mean, of cool. Yeah. If you can't tackle him before the end zone, might as well yeah. get him afterwards, I guess. Yeah, I, that's a, a a effort on participation, I guess. But uh, that was the turning point for me. This went from shootout potential to blowout potential not long after that. Yeah, especially because that drive was followed up. Or that drive itself was a one-play, three-yard, five-second drive with just a <laughs> touchdown. You just got to love that in the stat line if you're the team that accomplishes that. But yeah, Houston Baptist adds a field goal before the half, and the halftime score is 38-17. And yeah, I think at that point, Tech had yeah. also added another touchdown between that Henderson run and that field goal. So yeah, it really so you, felt like a this game is well in hand. Yeah, it felt very comfortable. When you're up three touchdowns on an FCS opponent, you tend to feel pretty comfortable. And uh, so I was kind of chilled back at that point, and then it just started getting, as you referenced early on in the podcast, a bit boring. Yeah. Third quarter, Tech added two more touchdowns to Houston Baptist's one touchdown. So now a 28-point lead uh, at the end of the third quarter. And then the team's trade touchdown back and forth in the fourth. And the final ends up being 66-38. to Uh, Aaron Allen gets some playing time in there. Uh, Luke Anthony looked great except for that one pass in the red zone. Yeah, that. Third down. That's a, you, you got I mean, this game, it doesn't matter. Three points. Sure. Seven points doesn't matter, but. I mean, my God. Yeah. It looked like a punt. I mean, really, it was. That's been my problem with Luke Anthony so far throughout this season is, and, and so far that's the only time he's really been caught on it. But what he does is he sees someone in man-to-man coverage and he just puts the ball up. And like half the time it falls incomplete because they're both jostling for the ball. But there are times where, okay, it's, first and 10 you just got the ball after a kickoff or whatever you don't need to go deep <laughs> if your receiver doesn't have a step 
Like, if it is a step, no doubt, throw it, throw it to Isaiah and, Graham and, on those touchdown catches each time. Well, Toussaint, too. It was pretty clear that yeah, that was the right decision. Thinking. I'm thinking of the Toussaint touchdowns, not the, yeah, the Graham yeah. touchdowns. Sorry, there were five passing touchdowns by Luke Anthony in this game. Right. So and it's he, uh, pretty easy to get them only had, together. Only had one interception, and it was a horrible interception. But for the most part, if you take away that one interception, those lob-up passes have been great. Yeah. Against Southern Miss, a lot of them fell incomplete. I was kind of, I wasn't sure if that was him trying to like, okay, I have to win this job. So to do that, I have to make these big plays. But even against Houston Baptist, where he pretty much has that job in hand, he continued yeah. to have some of those deep shots that weren't really there. Um, yeah. I mean, again, I think he's a better quarterback than Aaron Allen, at least at this stage for this year. But I, that's something I see that's a little concerning with him. Yeah. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how that unfolds. Uh, I, don't want to imagine that we have to have this conversation again when we're in a more hotly contested game, a more important game. So please, Luke. Yeah. And uh, Aaron Allen, like I said, played a little bit, but he's not the other quarterback that had a touchdown for the Bulldogs. Weston Elliott threw one pass for a touchdown, a seven yarder to Maxwell. The franchise. Yeah. So he's definitely taking over after this game right he's the next yes guy. he is without question the soon-to-be incumbent starter it didn't throw a pick so i mean you gotta love that he did not is he a redshirt senior i believe so oh my goodness it's hard to believe he's been here this long i mean he could be come back next year or this year doesn't matter for eligibility so oh yeah i guess it, around I guess forever well allen ended up going five for seven no turnovers no touchdowns Whenever I watch Allen play, it's a little frustrating. I, as everyone knows, picked him to be the starter this year. I was fiercely in his corner. And it, yeah, like for, even, even offline, even in our like chats yes, that don't make yes. it to air or Twitter or whatever, you were fiercely yeah. Yeah. in the Aaron Allen camp. Yeah, I was. And I still think that he's a tremendous athlete and has more upside in, uh, in terms of scrambling and making plays but when you it doesn't really matter whenever the game starts and he looks as he has it has been pretty obvious that luke's the guy now the one thing that i want to harp on with alan is it just looks like he doesn't have a lot of awareness whenever he's playing quarterback it kind of seems like he's a little anxious back there quick to rush out of the pocket make errant throws or make bad decisions i guess that's just something that comes with time i think he's a redshirt sophomore if i'm not mistaken so he's got plenty of time to grow, but it's pretty obvious to me that Luke's, he needs to be the starter. Yeah. And yeah. the stats, the, the number of passes attempted and the amount of playing time in this game back that up. Luke Anthony had 30 pass attempts. Aaron Allen had seven. Right. So, I mean, it was obvious pretty early on that Luke Anthony, either Skip had decided going into this game that it was Luke's job to lose or that just Luke Anthony in this game performed well enough to where Skip said, okay, you know what? It's, you, you've convinced me here. I, I well, think Aaron Allen plays more if, if Skip wasn't certain yet. Perhaps. Uh, it was, for me, it was evident at the end of the Southern Miss game that Luke was the guy. Uh, he was without, I mean, Aaron just did not perform well enough in the game against Southern Miss to really have a claim to get more snaps this week, in my opinion. But Still ended up getting some, I guess, just to, I don't know, guess, see if Skip was on the fence about maybe switching it. But I think after tonight, it's pretty obvious who the guy needs to be going forward. Yeah. And then also to talk more offense, I guess, uh, the running backs, Henderson and Tucker each ran for about 10 carries and each averaged about seven yards per carry. I mean, again, we're playing a defense that is not great and that's been well documented. But I mean, to have two running backs go for seven yards a carry is it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I think uh, all running, all rushing yardage uh, totaled a little over 180 tonight. Uh, I mean, which isn't mind boggling or anything, but it was pretty good to have the running game complement the, the throwing attack there. Um, I kind of like my football uh, rush heavy, defense heavy. Uh, this game was not that at all. Uh, high scoring affair, uh, porous defense. A lot of fun to watch though, if you like if you like that high scoring stuff. And it was fun to watch while it was a game though. Once, it was. once the team starts pulling away. I mean, twenty twelve is the same way. I remember the Idaho game. Oh yeah. Twenty twelve where it's like okay seventy to ten or something, whatever yeah, it ended and up you, being. You're just bored sitting in the stands. Well, I and actually I kind of disagree uh with 
the level of enjoyment opposed to in person as opposed to seeing it on television. I was watching this game on my phone and it was exciting for the first quarter and some change, but it would have been more fun in person for me yeah. uh, because I typically you're with your, <laughs> we'd be with friends and it's always fun to watch LaTeX smoke someone in person. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. It was another victory. So Tech is 2-0 and on the season, uh, and that's all we could ask for. Yeah, uh, we had some good defensive performances again. We had I mean, Early on, that could not really be said. Right? No, it, it, it was, it was very much the Tim Jones treatment of this <laughs> defensive secondary early on. Uh, but by the end of the game, they toughened up a lot. Cedric Woods looked really good, at least. He did. Not looking at stats, just pure eye test there. No, yeah. Cedric looked Woods awesome. looked great. He seemed to celebrate every incomplete pass like it was the second coming, but he uh, he was definitely out there uh, with a lot of intensity. Yeah, and for sure. Course. I mean, the defense uh, stepped up big. If you consider that, um, I think in the first quarter gave up 14 points, and on those first couple of drives, it was really, really <laughs> frustrating uh, for us to watch. Uh, it's almost like Houston Baptist was just doing whatever they wanted out there. That's another good reason I'm glad this game came where it did in the schedule. I do kind of wish this and Southern Miss had been swapped, but since we won both games, I'm not going to uh, yeah, <laughs> make I, any genie's wishes. No, but, that's... But no. getting this 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 game out of the way early, another tune-up game uh, where you can figure out what you want to do, how the defense wants to play. Most of the defense was back for this game. You had some injuries still, but no real contact tracing-related issues there. Uh, there was the targeting foul. That happened in the second half, so that means uh, I forget who that was. That um, it was Trey Baldwin I, with the targeting yeah. foul, so he won't be available next week at BYU in the first half. Uh, stuff like that, but yeah, this team needed a game where they could not have their best game and still win. Yeah, and it, that's the kind of game this was. Uh, that's not going to come in handy though when we get a little bit deeper into conference play. Yeah, I mean, of course, once the stakes are higher, things matter more. But for right now, figuring out okay know your assignments, know what you're doing, know how to play with the other people around you, stuff like that. This is definitely a step up from like an in-house scrimmage. Yes. Long tech drive. It's, it's a lot more uh, like, okay, no, this is a real game and you can actually lose it as, <laughs> as uh, tech fans know from previous years. They even brought that up during the, sh- the broadcast. I was a little upset with that. Yeah, that was nice. Thanks guys. On the whole, we won uh, on to the next one. Yeah. And we'll be back hopefully with more people, you know, maybe I'm not sure if Evan will be back. Evan, Evan's getting married right now or today, I guess. Hopefully that well, ceremony's over unless it's a very long ceremony. Well, yeah, the live stream was at six o'clock and it is now 10 o'clock on the nose. Um, not a lot of celebrating to be had amidst the pandemic, but I mean, he was able to get in the group chat and contribute a little bit during the game. Um, what I think is interesting is Evan, uh, much like myself, was married in September on a Saturday during a tech game against an FCS opponent. We share all of that in common. And what was the FCS opponent during your wedding? South Carolina State. So kind of similar result where tech ends up winning pretty handily. Yeah, uh, except during my wedding, it was a like two, three hour weather delay. And Ryan Higgins ended up throwing two picks in that game which would be his only two-pick game of the entire season. If you got to have it somewhere, might as well be there. Yeah, so we share all that in common. But yeah, hopefully we'll have more people in the next one. But uh, who do we have next? Next up on the schedule is BYU on Friday night. So a short week for the Bulldogs. We'll preview that in the second half of this episode after this ad break. So we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Beating the FCS School. Beating an FCS School, a proud tech tradition since 2015. Before 2015, hey, let's not worry about it. All right, and welcome back. And uh, we added somebody, right? No. Yeah, I'm here now. I am still Evan. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know if I want to listen to the first part now. Yeah, and uh, aren't you supposed to be on your honeymoon or something? What are you doing? Why are you here? Uh, 
No, we're because. we're we're doing a <laughs> just a little... leaves the call, drops the whole thing. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Oops. Sorry, guy. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I'm actually busy right now. But now we're doing a little a little getaway this upcoming weekend. But uh, are you yeah. going to? That's what happens to... when you change jobs like three weeks before your wedding. You don't have any time off. Are you going to Ohio? No. But Ohio is for lovers. Uh, no, mm. Virginia is for lovers. That's I saw that motto. on a li- I saw that on a license plate. And wanted to run that person off the road. And, well, <laughs> are you going to Provo, Utah, Evan? No, I'm not. Unfortunately, well, no, he, I was going to, but they're not allowing fans at the game. So, yeah, dang. When when Tech takes on BYU this Friday night, no fans will be in attendance. Which I mean, may help. Which is Tech a, here, I guess. Maybe I highly doubt it. But at, at the real <laughs> <laughs> the real shame here is that no one's going to be there to take in the sights at the top of the stadium. That's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, it is a beautiful stadium. I'm sure there will be some pictures of it leading up to game week, or you could just Google BYU football stadium. But yeah, it, it is a beautiful backdrop to that venue. Uh, yes. But before we start talking about that game, let's uh, run through a few other quick little tidbits. Uh, the first one up is that the UTEP game, who they also play in a pretty nice looking stadium with a mountainous backdrop. Tech plays the Miners next week, and it was supposed to be like a watch ESPN or ESPN Plus game. It's got flexed up to ESPN 2. So two Ooh. weeks in a row, Tech will be playing on ESPN 2 because BYU hey, this week. You, that's what you get when, when UTEP is 3-1, and one, man. ESPN's all over it. UTEP's about to be uh, running the show here in CUSA West. <laughs> we sure I'm, know it won't be us if history serves anything. Thanks, thanks for the reminder. I... UTEP wins a conference championship before Skip stop does. It. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> well, let's bring around some more positive news. Luke Anthony this week got quite a few awards. He won the Conference USA Offensive Player of the Week. He was one of the eight Manning Award Stars of the Week, and he made Davy O'Brien's Great Eight list. So He was also made the honorary best man at my uh, socially distant wedding. You know, I just decided that now after the fact. But uh, yeah, six <laughs> touchdowns. He's the honorary best man at my wedding. <laughs> That's not right. He had five passing, one rushing. That's ridiculous. He, you know what? He should have been my best man. Yeah. <laughs> Can I retroactively make him my yeah. honorary best Four-year-ago wedding, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, uh, senior in high school, Luke Anthony is, <laughs> wanders into your wedding. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Matt, I think who uh, would be your best man at your wedding would be Legereus Sneed. Probably. Who, Probably. Uh, Jumping forward to the dogs in the NFL section of the show. Uh, he's playing tonight on Monday Night Football. Right and now. So we don't really have stats on him. but yeah. Well, he's done very well. They haven't thrown his way, but he does have a holding call. Um, That's a bad and thing, he by may the way. or may not be hurt. We, we'll, yeah. People on, not too bad. People, people on Twitter are breaking, are going insane, saying, for the love of God, give us updates on Sneed and uh, blah, blah, blah. I hope he's okay. He may have just gotten stung. But yeah, he's... He's doing well. Do we have any other dogs in the NFL that showed out yesterday? Or? Yeah, Sneed is out of the game right now due to an injury, but Amik Robertson was out of the game just due to a healthy scratch. He, again, logged zero defensive snaps. I just don't understand it. I don't understand why Especially he's yet to... Vegas is like young defensive secondary. You would think I mean, they would get him in there somewhere. Well, it's yeah, not like I, they have four solid knockout right. corners. Yeah. Well, you would at least expect some rotational play and he'd get in for at least a couple of snaps. But to have absolutely no statistics and to have never seen the field is just really strange. Yeah, I'm, at this point, I'm starting to wonder if that offseason surgery for that injury is, is is nagging a little bit. I mean, that's pure speculation. Right. But, but it, there, it feels like there's got to be something here other than he's just not playing or he, he hasn't well, been good enough because that's never been the case with him. Right. Yeah. And he's he's not on the physically unable to perform list and he's not on the He's not on IR. He's not on the inactive list. So for injury, at least. So I don't know. It's it's strange to say the least. Yeah, but one player that did get some playing time this week was Jeff Driscoll. How'd he do, Evan? Yeah, I mean he he did okay, I guess <laughs> as, as okay as you can do with a Swiss cheese block as your <laughs> offensive line. Uh, Seventeen for thirty, hundred and seventy-six passing yards, one TD, one pick. But he was sacked five times, which makes eleven since he took over as the starter last week. So, yeah, one Oof. of the sacks was in the end zone too, resulting oh. in safety. So that's uh, yeah. I mean, without watching that game or looking at the highlights, some of that's probably due to maybe Driscoll could get rid of the ball a little sooner. 
but it's starting to sound like the Archie Manning Saints where uh, just there's nothing he can do if your offensive line is that bad. Yeah, yeah it's almost like the overused meme where Jeff Driscoll received snap offensive lineman. All right, I'm going to head out. <laughs> I mean, it was just awful. Yeah, speaking of awful, another kind of underwhelming performance this week by Boston Scott, the Philadelphia running back, only logged three rushes for five yards. Ouch. Yeah. Is he, he's not their number one, though. He is not. But uh, Miles Sanders is the number one. He was hurt for a week, but Boston didn't even really contribute when Sanders was out. Luckily, Xavier Woods is a number one, and he, this was his third straight week playing 100% of the defensive snaps for the Cowboys. That's awesome. Awesome. He logged uh, three solo tackles and two assisted tackles in He's... their loss, I believe. Yeah, they lost to the Seahawks. Yeah, if it weren't for the Falcons, they'd be 0-3. That is... Uh... <laughs> Shout out, Falcons. <laughs> they did it again. <laughs> Touchdown, Chiefs. This is starting to get ridiculous. <laughs> was yeah, it so... need though? It was not. I'm sorry, guys. So please continue. <laughs> Next up is Trent Taylor. The 49ers receiver got, I guess, three fantasy p- points on the week. Uh, one catch for 20 yards. I mean, it's a pretty good catch if you're going for quality over quantity. <laughs> no. Unless it was the, unless, unless it not was how the, any of this works. Unless it was the game-winning touchdown on fourth and goal from the 20, then uh, no. I mean, with San Francisco's injury problem, it's only a matter of time before he's a starting quarterback. So Yeah, they – but Trent, the, the thing that – kind of makes me sad about Trent is I felt like out of all the guys to come out of tech in the last I don't know ever since I've been affiliated with the school seven eight years that he had the best shot of having a long prosperous career in the NFL and it's just I know he's been hurt but I don't know it feels like he's kind of not really blossomed into the player I thought he would I mean maybe he needs more time yeah I do want to jump back really quickly because I was looking at the defensive snaps for Xavier Woods the last time he played fewer than 95 percent of the offensive snaps was December of last year with 84 before that it was all the way back in 2017 was the last time he played uh, with fewer than 95 percent defensive snaps so yeah Xavier Woods is uh, all around the field all the time but that's the kind of guy like I hate the Cowboys I want this to go on record I'll say it twice I hate the Dallas Cowboys same but I love Xavier Woods and I love the kind of safety who can play all over the field and plays the entire and plays 100% of the snaps like that's the kind of safety you want on your football team so I'm really really happy for him yeah it just reminded me watching Sunday night football last night uh, what they're talking about Malcolm Jenkins and he's played 100% of the snaps and in pretty much every year he's played it's kind of like, okay, we should shout out the other guys who are doing that too, especially when one of them is a tech grad. Xavier yeah. Woods has been playing almost every snap for years now for the Cowboys. But yeah, one more dog to get through in the NFL. Uh, Vernon Butler had one assisted tackle and also one QB hit. Uh, the last two, Justin Ellis and Jalen Ferguson, are playing tonight for the Ravens. They're yep, both playing for the Ravens? Defense is not doing great so far. Uh, no, I they blame everybody play. but them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing great. They're Everyone else sucks. Well, they're not starting. That's why. Damn it, Sneed. He's hurt. Sneed's not playing. Oh, dang. Well, will be back. Okay, so... Um, so sorry. while Sneed is not playing right now in this moment of time when you're listening back <laughs> to the podcast hours or days later, Tech will be playing on Friday night against the BYU Cougars. It's an 8 p.m. Central kickoff on, like we said earlier, ESPN2. Again, like we said earlier, no fans allowed. So, you know, hopefully some more cuts to that beautiful scenery around the stadium. It is yeah. the first time in college football history that Tech has played BYU. Wow. That's, like I said, I think last week, I'm kind of surprised by that because we both used to be independents. So you'd think you may have played a team like BYU back in those 90s days. But here we go. Let's, let's make some history. Yeah, my thought is we were in the whack for the longest time. Not that BYU was. But yeah. You got to think you have those relations with the athletic directors out there that someone moves somewhere, someone moves laterally. Eventually, you have some connection with BYU and you get that football game deal made. But what? <laughs> BYU is expected hey. to win this game pretty handily. Isn't that right, Evan? Yeah, we, we've got ESPN uh, saying that Tech has a 7% chance to win and Massey gives us an 18% chance to win and says, well, honestly... With how BYU has rolled their two opponents so far, the final score from Massey is pretty optimistic, 37-21 to 21 Cougars. Yeah, so, I mean, 
like I just referenced a second ago, BYU beat Navy 55-3. to Then they beat Troy after a couple weeks off because I think they were having COVID issues out there. Uh, they beat them 48-7. to So yeah. that's 103-10 to in two games so far. Uh, yeah. Measuring on the log scale at that point. <laughs> Any thoughts about that, Nathan, that I will actually understand? Yeah, it... It's always hard to tell early season, right? Is this team good or is this other team bad? Navy had yet to start tackling in practice when they played BYU. It was the first time they had tackled in the year of our Lord 2020. It's <laughs> it was kind of insane that it was only 55 to 3. Troy, yeah. I know less about. I know you just said that they had some COVID problems, right? BYU did, I think. Oh, okay. So but, I think BYU had a game postponed between those two. And then maybe even added Troy last second. I'm not sure on that, but... Yeah, and, and Troy is usually a pretty good team, and the Sun Belt has been balling out this year if you exclude ULM. But <laughs> it, it's it's hard to tell, right? It's 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 early. You have two blowout wins, though, for BYU. So really, all you can think about is the fact that they've blown out two opponents, and Tech is facing them now, and Tech has played some closer games than you would have liked. I mean, Southern Miss, excusable. And, yeah. and Houston Baptist... I mean, that game wasn't close, but it was probably closer than Tech has the talent for that game to be. But, uh, yeah, I I am not feeling overly optimistic heading into Provo. Yeah, no. I, I mean, Troy no. had tackled. They had beaten MTSU 47-14 to 14 before going out to Provo, and then they just got completely demolished by BYU. <laughs> and, I mean, I mean, like, they didn't even have 200 yards of offense kind of demolished, right? Like, it, it was bad. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Navy hadn't tackled yet, so maybe you write that one off. And, but then again, Navy looked pretty good in their comeback win against Tulane last week, so I don't know. Maybe BYU's really, really good, or and these teams well, okay, or I don't know. If it, Going off history, BYU has a tendency to start off pretty hot or win some games against, I mean, let's face it, they played a team in Navy whose first practice was against BYU. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, play Troy, who Troy tends to have some pretty good, some pretty good teams. I remember they beat LSU a few years back and have kind of had some other upsets here and there. But I don't think they're as good as we are kind of making them out to be. Do I think we're going to win? Absolutely not. Do I think that uh, it could be close? Uh, cl- well, sort of. Yes. Yeah. One of the season previews for uh, BYU this year had put it pretty well. Back in 2019, BYU was pretty much otherworldly against when they, when they played against bad teams. But when they played against like normal to good opponents, they were just okay. They were they played well enough to get some wins, some losses, but they they seemed dominant against these bad teams that give you these false hopes. So I mean, maybe just Navy and especially early season Navy and Troy are just bad teams that we don't know. Well, and that's being optimistic again, but I mean, this is go tech boys on die. So let's let's be optimistic. Yeah, if we I can. mean, also last year they, uh, I don't know if saying they were only good against bad teams is fair. They beat they beat Tennessee and USC, um, Southern Cal. You know, back to back weeks. Then they later beat number fourteen Boise State. So I mean, those were some close and relatively tough opponents that they ended up beating. And then they rattled off five straight wins against. You know, pretty pretty rough opponents, I guess. Uh, Idaho State, UMass, Liberty, uh, but then they lost back to back against San Diego State and uh, and then Hawaii. So I mean, I don't know. They're really hard to read last year. <laughs> they lost to Toledo too. I forgot Toledo was a school. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Zach Wilson returns at quarterback this year, um, and the passing game. In 2020 has been pretty good, and you'd kind of expect that when you have these blowout one-sided wins. Wilson has four passing and two rushing touchdowns on the season. And he won't really take off much for those rushing yards except when he's in the red zone. But he is a very accurate thrower. I kind of wanted to throw this comparison in. Luke Anthony, his completion percentage right now is 58.8%. That's pretty low. Uh, yeah, Aaron Allen great. is yeah 76.2 for Aaron Allen percent. Uh, that's That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wilson is seventy eight point three percent on passes, uh, so that's a that's a high percentage thrower. And I mean, Tech played a high percentage thrower in Week One against Southern Miss against that trader who will not be named. But still, Wilson I think has a higher 
percentage number on this season, at least so far. Yeah. And I mean, I think part of that is that in the Troy game, I, I watched a, an extended highlight video of that and he looked like he just had all day to throw the football. I mean, and if you're going to give a guy that's throwing 78% completion, if you're going to give him, you know, five, seven seconds in the pocket, he'll find a wide open man. You can't cover people for that long. So a lot of times it was like an out route to the sideline or it was like, um, I mean, but he hit maybe four or five deep balls in that game. Just, just dimes down the field that you really can't defend against if you're not getting any push up front. Yeah. And, and this stats about the Navy game, not about the Troy game, but PFF college tweeted out saying that there were 21 pass blocking snaps for the offensive line. And that game, there were zero quarterback pressures. Wow. Zero. Navy saying. never got <laughs> to the quarterback at all during the course of the game. So wow. what you're saying is we have a chance. <laughs> well, if we can put pressure on this quarterback, maybe. I mean, well, it seems like he's at always the pockets case. all year. If you can put pressure on the quarterback, you win the game. If you do it consistently enough, no matter who you're playing, as long, unless you're playing like Lamar Jackson and then you got to have the QB spy. But well, I was going to say, really, like my grandfather once told me, I don't care who you have at quarterback. If you can get to the quarterback, you can win a football game. So, yeah. I mean, we have just as good a chance as anyone if we can just get to him. I mean, yeah, and, and I don't know what Navy's like defensive scheme is, but, um, you know, Bla- <laughs> Blackwell's going to run some blitzes, right? So, I mean, maybe, maybe that plays to our advantage. Maybe they haven't seen quarterback pressure and we can get in his face. I, I'm not sure what he, I guess Wilson was injured for part of last year, I think, but. Yeah, I mean, he he's not like a guy that's going to completely beat you through the air, at least not last year. But, um, I mean, they may not even need their air attack against us, though, because as we're going to talk about in a second, they run the ball pretty well, too, don't they? Yeah, they're to give credit to the offensive line, because that's where running plays really start. Uh, PFF for that BYU-Navy game gave them a run, blo- a run block grade of 82.8, which is a, a very high number for something like that. Uh, and like elite level there. Yeah. Uh, and BYU uses that outline and then also uses a two running back system. Uh, they use running backs, Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa. Thank you. BYU. Uh, <laughs> How do you say? Yeah, I was going to say for those pronunciations. Um, also shame on you for BYU for not allowing you to access that without ad block disabled. <laughs> but those are the two running backs that BYU uses in a pretty much rotational basis. Yeah, and I, I mean, watching those highlights from last week, Algier is a guy that scares me. I mean, he broke several arm tackles in this game, and I'm sure he did the same thing against Navy, uh, but he's not a guy that's just going to get hit and go down. Like, he he keeps his feet moving, and he'll just blow through you all day if you'll let him, you know? So Tech, tech needs to be attacking the ball, not just kind of, you know, half-assing a tackle for lack of a better term that they, they got to go out and get him or he's not going to go down. He will just, you know, run through several guys. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, we get it. Um, combined <laughs> trying, those two <laughs> trying to set him up for something else, but um, yeah, combined those two running backs, uh, 169 rushing yards per game between just those two. And there's some other like, tertiary guys who will get in there for a player to think the Greg Gardner types. Uh, more importantly, those two Algier and Katoa uh, are six, 7.6 and 7.4 yards per rush, man. Well, yeah, never mind. Season. Maybe we don't have a chance. <laughs> I mean, our linebackers are going to have their work cut out for them. I think kind of like the secondary against Houston Baptist was going to have their work cut out for them. Yeah. See, this, this, please. Matt, it gets worse. Oh, really? Let's talk about the BYU defense. Oh, God. In those two games, BYU is only allowing 165 yards per game total. <laughs> oh. oh. All right. Oh, man. It's almost What's comical on? how good they are on passing downs, which, again, is an SP plus they, thing. It means secondary. They played Navy, though. So, I mean, Navy sure. can't pass. Excuse well, I mean, the... these, it's not that you have to pass on passing downs. Yeah. But it's just every play that's second and eight or more or third and fourth down and five or more. They only allowed a success on 2.6% of those plays. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Who are these people? Either Troy and Navy are real bad and we're going to look amazing or just even if we lose, right? Even if we lose like, I don't know, 35 to 
17 or something will just look amazing because we were able to score three times against them. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah, to bring up a more traditional stat, on third and fourth down, Navy went two for 12 on third down and zero for two on fourth down. Troy was two for 14 on third down <laughs> and one for two on fourth down. So you're telling me four for 26 is the third down <laughs> stat here? That is right. Oh, man. Oh, I'm not liking my score prediction more and more as we continue. <laughs> well, um, also side note, the backup quarterback at BYU is a Romney. Yeah. I, I looked up uh, to see he is a distant relative to Senator Mitt Romney. But um, I think I think one key for Tech on offense will be we have to have a threat down the field. I mean, Troy had 180 yards, I think, total offense the whole game. About 50 of that came on one play on their one scoring drive. And I don't know if that was a blown coverage or if it was just a great pass or what, but Troy, other than that one play – or even including that one play, they're not a team that tries to go down the field much. Against MTSU, they averaged 6.7 yards per passing attempt, um, and that was in a blowout win, 47-14. to 14. And then BYU held them to 4.5 yards per passing attempt, and that's that's terrible. I mean, like Tech averaged like 9.8 against HBU, but like 4.5, four I've never seen a passing attempts or yards per attempt that low for passing. That's just crazy to me. So maybe if we're able to go down the field a little bit more, we can uh, we can move the ball better. Because obviously Navy doesn't have that threat either. Uh, no, they do not. <laughs> yeah. yeah they have the option and occasionally throw. Yeah, I think that kind of ties into uh, the next section, which is how can Tech win and how can Tech lose. Uh, really, for my answer, it was how can, what can Tech do on those first down plays? So far, and I think, Matt, you and I talked about this on the first section of the show, Luke Anthony has loved to throw up that 50-50 ball yep. to receiver on one-on-one -on -one coverage and just see what happens. And and typically, so far this year, those balls have pretty much always landed incomplete. Every now and then, there'll be a connection, but usually it's not those 50-50 balls that Anthony has the long pass for. If the receivers are able to come down with those balls or Luke is able to put them in a better position to come down with those balls, that average yards per passing attempt number goes up. And just like Evan said, that could be a huge difference in this game. But really, even if that's not the case and Tech just chooses not to throw those one-on-one -on -one balls as much, we just can't afford to waste first downs against the Cougar defense. If Tech gets behind the sticks, BYU has shown that they can defend the second and long and third down. Remember that 2.6% success rate in those situations? Uh, that's, that's really how Tech can lose without this being close at all. But if on first down, we establish the run and actually are pretty good at it, not just establishing it for establishment's sake, and Henderson and Tucker can get three or four yards on first down pretty consistently, then Tech can score enough points to keep up with and, you know, hopefully beat BYU. I think that that's uh, pretty much nails it on the head. Time of possession could be a big factor in this game. It tends to be during upsets. Establish a strong run game. Chew up a lot of the clock. Keep BYU's offense off the field. The only problem with that is you have to uh, contend with BYU's defense. Yeah, just special um, teams is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, J uh, Jacob Barnes kicks 47 field goals, and <laughs> we we win somehow. But yeah, it's it's going to be very very tough. I but I'm still kind of sticking to what I said earlier. BYU's had two games against one was basically a scrimmage, and the other they beat the holy crap out of Troy. I'm not impressed. I mean, they, they're winning those games handedly, but let's be honest here. They're not, they haven't really been tested yet. I think that this is a, their first real test. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you there. I think that, like you said, they, they haven't, they've impressed against unimpressive opponents, right? So sure. what does that mean? We don't really know. Do we know if tech is going to be an impressive opponent? I don't no. know that I could say that for sure, no. but I think it's easy to see how Tech loses uh, because I think BYU is good. Uh, maybe not, you know, 103 to 10 good, but uh, <laughs> if I, I we think... lose 103 to 10, <laughs> I well, will. That's what they've outscored in two games. So I guess, I guess what, 51 and a half to five would be the uh, average there. So if they have to create the, <laughs> if they have to implement the decimal point system to score. <laughs> I am going to burn my <laughs> diploma on Facebook Live. Um, but I, I think it's safe to say that they're miles ahead of Southern Miss and HBU. Um, 
Yes. That could mean that they're miles ahead of us too. Uh, but I, I think BYU should win this game and probably will win it by multiple scores. But I think, you know, for Tech to win, um, if you look at the Troy game from last week, the Trojans' only touchdown drive was in two-minute mode at the end of the first half. So when they're in that, like, high-pressure go-go-go mode, they were able to drive the length of the field in seven plays, 45 seconds, and find that deep ball, like I mentioned a minute ago. That suggests to me that maybe playing faster or calling two plays in the huddle instead of one or doing that whole, hey, we just gained eight yards on this play, let's run the exact same one again that Skip does sometimes might help, you know, and and if we're able to, you know, maybe go up tempo and protect the ball for sure and and uh, force some turnovers of their own. I, I looked at Zach Wilson's stats from last year. He had 11 touchdowns and nine picks. So this guy is not the 78% thrower he's been so far this season. So you're Let's, saying he's due. Yeah, I, I'm saying he's due for, you know, he's thrown how many touchdowns so far? Like six. So, yeah, Four. he's due for he's due for uh, a few a few interceptions at least. Let's go out there and, you know, pressure him and make him make mistakes like he was prone to do last year. And I think we've got a shot if we can do that. Yeah, maybe B.J. Williamson can find the end zone this week. <laughs> that, that'd be nice. Yeah, that would, that would be. Yeah, next up is player to watch. Um, I just want to say uh, Kavika Fanua's stat line really quickly. He I has, think you just wanted to say his name, actually. There are so many players on this team that That's as long true. as you have the pronunciation guide in front of you, they're fun to say. Or well, <laughs> just wrong. Uh, just a little note here. There is a tremendous Polynesian Mormon affiliation. So I'm not at all surprised that they have so many Polynesians on the team. I think their coach is also of Polynesian de- descent. Is that right? That I am not sure, but I, I would not be. Is, I believe. Yeah, the Kalani, Kalani Sataki. Yeah, I think he's yeah. uh, he's Tongan. He's the first Tongan that, head coach. Uh, it's cool to see them get some representation at the school. Yeah. Um, so one in particular, Kavika Fanua's stat line: he has seven rush attempts, twenty-seven yards. Not 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 so great okay. so far. And they're right. just under four four yards of carry. Four total tackles, two solo. What? And a pass defended. Wait. What? Uh, this I is a two-way player in 2020. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. Is he like a starting linebacker who also runs? I believe he's a rotational player on both sides of the ball. Uh, he's, he okay. isn't a, a starting run, starting running back or a starting linebacker or anything. Huh. But That's wild. Yeah, it, it, and it, he's not going to be the difference in this game, most likely. But, I mean, you just got to give love to a player who plays both offense and defense in college football Yeah, this late after the invention of the forward pass. <laughs> yeah, that is that is pretty cool. Um, I, I think the obvious choices for me are the two-headed rushing monster that Nathan mentioned earlier, that Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa, uh, they're going to have a good day on the ground in any game they play. Right now, the Cougars have, or so far this season, they've rushed the ball on about – 60, 65% of their plays. Um, so it's safe to say that we're going to see a lot of rushing attempts. And if Tech can't slow them down from their, what, 7.5 yards per carry average between the two of them, it's going to be a long night. Yeah. Matt, do you have a player to watch or are you just watch well, all of them? Are we saying, are we picking a player to watch for BYU? I mean, if you have one, you can pick one for Tech if you don't, I guess. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just pick an obvious one because I think that this is the the position that needs to succeed for us to have a chance and just say Justin Henderson. I know that he struggled mightily with fatigue towards the end of the first game. I hope his conditioning's up. And if we play successfully at that position, I see no reason why we can't compete to win the game. That's fair. Yeah. All right. On to the final bit of this preview section of the show, our final thoughts and score prediction. Evan, how do you see this game going? Yeah. Um, with you know we've we've got two games under our belts now and i think in both of those games we're a little sluggish coming out of the gate and i think that skip and the coaching staff are going to be focusing in this short week on making sure the guys get off the bus ready to play there in provo and uh in their two games so far byu has scored 14 and seven points in the first quarter so it's not like they're coming out and just lighting the world on fire in these blowout you know what eventually become blowout wins um, so I, I'm kind of thinking this game will honestly depend on who can set the tone early. If Tech can come out and drive down the field, 
successfully to start things off, BYU will kind of get the sense that, okay, this isn't Troy, this isn't Navy, who only had, what, 165 yards in the whole game, and now Tech's got 75 right out the gate. Um, So I I think that'll go a long way, honestly, towards just setting the tone like, hey, we're here to play, your last two opponents weren't. Um, If we can get it going in that first quarter, or if we can't get it going in that first quarter, we won't get it going at all. With all that being said, though, I I think BYU's run-first mentality is structured to beat teams this year um, because of how weird everything is. And Tech is no exception to that. I think their grinding style of play will be made even worse for us because of the 4,500-foot altitude in Provo, uh, which our guys will not be used to at all, given that all of them are from, like, you know, a state or neighboring states with elevations of, like, max 500 feet. Um, That's putting it generously. Yeah, well, while we're not going to be as bad as their other two opponents, I don't think. I think we'll put up more points and hold them to fewer. I still think BYU is going to win, and it'll be something like 31 to 17. Yeah, that's kind of how I see this game going. So much has to go right for Tech to even really have a chance. And that's not to say that everything won't go right, because, I mean, that's a possibility. But chances-wise, I don't really see that happening. The Bulldogs have started slow two weeks in a row now, and while that's pretty much expected and understandable, it can't happen in Provo for the Bulldogs to walk away with a victory. The offense has to click for the majority of the game, but I'm really more worried about the defense. Can Tech stop the run against a good run team? Because so far, we've kind of struggled against the run against some bad run teams. Yeah. Not not to say that Tech has been so bad against the run, but you'd think they'd be better against two teams that just don't run the ball much. I mean, if you're selling out to stop the pass, like I think against BYU, we might might stack the box a little bit more than you can against Houston Baptist, right? Yeah, but that's when your your linebackers that are that are fresh, I guess, is the best way to put that. The linebackers that uh, you look Tyler Tyler Grubbs, who's played otherworldly so far, but that's a true freshman in there, expected to play against this rushing attack from BYU. You've got Ezekiel Barnett, who's going to be eject or was ejected for targeting in the second half last week. Oh, He'll man. be out for the first half of this game, and so <laughs> well, that's a huge loss to the linebacking core. Play, well, you may have just cursed him again because you said is going to be ejected before correcting yourself <laughs> so if he's ejected in the first half of this game that's because he didn't get the memo that he's supposed to be sitting out <laughs> and then that's just kind of funny i just don't see the bulldogs walking away with a victory here it's possible i mean you play a game 10 times even against the best teams you can probably pull away a victory in one or two of those but i just don't think that that's what's going to happen friday night uh my fo- final score prediction is byu 42 tech 20 uh well, LaTeX's going to lose, but uh, I think it will be, you know, I just don't, I don't think that it will be quite that big of a victory as Nathan kind of framed it. I think it'll be more around uh, 35-20. Okay. All right. I think, I think Jacob is going to kick a couple of really long field goals. Uh, we might get a... Yeah, he made a 51-yarder the other night, didn't he? Yeah, get a couple of uh, garbage, well, not garbage time touchdowns. We might. I'm sure we might. But we'll put up a little bit of a fight. I wouldn't be surprised if we did that thing we do where we get up by a score or two on the road against a much better opponent and then somehow blow it and get outscored like 35 to three the rest of the way. <laughs> uh, so like the last time I traveled to Starkville. Uh, yeah, oh, exactly. God. Exactly. Those disasters. I remember so, that one. Up 14 nothing. But Man. it would be nice if we inexplicably destroyed BYU like we destroyed SMU a few years ago to the point where Evan and I have to send each other Snapchats in various phases of bewilderment. <laughs> that is the only way to describe those snaps, to, those snaps we had to each other. Yeah, because it was, I remember when it was up like 14-0, I sent Evan one that was like, uh, okay. And then it was like, I think 35-0, to zero, and I was like, what the F is going on? 3 or something like yeah. that. But, uh... Well, that's probably that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, probably not, but hopefully. Oh, yeah, that'd be great, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, but speaking of blowouts, uh, let's jump to the Tweet of the Week. This week's Tweet of the Week goes to at Jack Witten in the third, who tweeted, what does Tulane, UAB, FAU, La Tech, and USF all have in common? Enjoying USM getting blown out every week. <laughs> I mean, US, USM I are bad. enjoy that. I don't, and I know why UAB and Tulane do, but why do FAU and USF 
care about that. Well, FAU are in the conference, aren't they? Yeah, but I mean, so are a bunch of other teams. USF, though, I don't, I don't. Well, I see why they old Kusa mates, right? Yeah, that's why uh, I don't really. I guess I see Evan's point. Yeah, maybe just maybe ar- there's a rivalry there. I don't know. Arbitrarily picked them. Like I said, I definitely enjoy USM getting blown out every week. Yeah, but you know what? I don't really. I mean, yeah, it's fine, but I would prefer to watch UAB get destroyed every week. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. USM beat Tulane and then get destroyed by UTEP. I'd like to see uh, ULL get destroyed every week. <laughs> oh my gosh, can they just actually this... lose one of these games to a directional Georgia school that they're losing in the last seconds? You know, Northwest, yeah, North Southeast Georgia State. <sighs> Man, not even their main campus either. No, the satellite campus. Yeah, yeah well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, focusing on. Southern Miss's failures in recent years, or at least this season. I mean, but I mean, their coach is fun to watch lose. I got to give him that. At least he's energetic about it. (laughs) He's also barely older than Evan. Also, can we talk about the fact that UTEP beat ULM on the road 31 to (laughs) six? Hey, UTEP hadn't won a road game at all since like 2012, I think. Well, there are that's a lot of fun stats about UTEP's uh, that is a recent sober, performance. That is a sobering statistic. Should that be true? <laughs> yeah. Because my God, I mean, I UTEP is booty, but maybe not. I don't know. They're three and one. Two wins against FCS schools, though. Close wins. And ULM, which is more or less an <laughs> FCS school, and that's actually least, kind of. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of FCS schools that are offended by that. At least it's not their water skiing team. <laughs> we would be. Yeah, we would we'd all... be in trouble. Start talking trash about the water skiing team. Those Warhawk fans will be out to get you. On their water skis. <laughs> are the skis made of water or are they skiing on water? They're not airbenders. <laughs> well, that answers my question. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog where we have recaps and previews and all sorts of kind of things. And the Go Tech Please Undie podcast. That's at gtpdd.dog. And of course, look out for Thursday for our YouTube NCAA 14 simulation. I think that's everything that we do in the course of the week. Since we've got the game on Friday this week, I'm opening up the contest today. If you're listening to this on Tuesday and, you know, yesterday, if you're listening to it on Wednesday, I guess. I I don't know. Or two days ago, if you're listening on Thursday. Yeah, go to gtpdd.dog slash contest to play that um, or just find the tweet about it. and You can do it from there. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's been a good contest so far. We got like 10 people within three points of each other at the top of the table. Yeah, more competitive than uh, this past football game. And hopefully as competitive <laughs> as this Tech BYU game. Or else uh, we'll be in a little bit of trouble. But yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Tech Again, Evan and I write for Blue Tech Blue. My post is out on Tuesdays. His is out on Fridays. And I think that's all of the plugs. Uh, until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go Tech. Please don't die. guys don't mind well i'm trying to see if sneeds out here i can't tell touch him the mormon sorry daniel Sorensen plays for the for the chiefs <laughs> and he is a mormon well speaking of the mormons do we really want that no sorry. i don't i was gonna give up on it